It's often a bit mystifying how brands magically go viral overnight. Sometimes they make it big, and other times they crash and burn. Is the road to brand fame and a bump to the bottom line worth the risk? I'm Alexis. And I'm Melissa. And we're just a little obsessed with these marketing moments. So join us as we break down the craziest brand stunts, from how the idea sparked to how the heck they pulled it off. Or didn't, and of course, will it stick? Hey Alexis. Hi. How are you? I'm I'm me. You're <laughs> yeah. hanging in there. We're just it's it's the end of the day. It's, it's been a day. day. It's been a good day though. It's been a great day, but we have an event to go to that starts at 8 p.m. And this is really messing with my day. My bedtime, my preferred time to be in bed is 8.30 p.m. Yeah. And my husband thinks we're, like, excited to go party it up. I'm like— Oh, my God, no. No. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> we love you clients, but I am on a two—Monday night or no? Well, it's Wednesday. Wednesday. See? That's how Wait, I know the Tuesday? day. Wait, is it Tuesday? It's Tuesday. It's Tuesday. I'm like, what day is it? <laughs> on a Tuesday night, like, that's not my jam. No. I mean, any other night— I'm like, can only go out on Friday and Saturday. Any other night is very difficult. I know. See? And you used to get mad at me when I, like, didn't want to go to kickball at 9 p.m. No, I'm sorry. I am, like, work. Well, kickball is different. Kickball's it is fine. not different. See? At 9 p.m.? I, now I know. I have pass. soccer Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I feel like I'm nonstop soccer, and I just, like, need some alone time. Kids really... Do you in there, don't they? Well, we're not, let's just, I just want you to be in a better place. (laughs) Deep breath. Today, we are talking about the fast food restaurant that has not only won over the hearts of our children, but my heart too. And honestly, like, it might be the only fast food restaurant that you don't hate. Okay. I think I know what it is. Which one? It's got to be Chick-fil-A. It's Chick-fil-A. Because I will eat Chick-fil-A. I know. And I was writing this episode yesterday because I was was inspired to write it yesterday. And I was shocked when this hit me because I'm like, how did it take me one and a half years of having this podcast to like think about covering Chick-fil-A? But you know what happened? What happened? I was my usual drive to work. Getting off the 51 at Indian School, making a ride onto Indian School. I look up and there's that Chick-fil-A billboard that I've probably seen a hundred times or more. And it has a cow and it has the saying. And I was like, I wonder how the cows became a thing. And then I was like, well, shit, I have a podcast that literally talks about this stuff. Yes. So I decided that this was the topic for today. All right. Let's and then, about it. Well, after then writing the episode yesterday, I picked up the kids from Cheer late last night. And I was like, do you guys want Chick-fil-A for dinner? <laughs> I like really was craving it. And then I realized one more thing. Tell me I'm not the only one who does this. Okay. Because I can't be. When I go through the Chick-fil-A drive through I feel like I have to be on my best behavior. Because they're like so nice and like good people and like you can tell they're just like probably go to church every Sunday and like I turn my music down I'm like if it's swear words I'm not I like I don't know some it's like it's like I have to be on my best behavior yeah why is it like like not yelling at your children yeah oh be super friendly like other drivers I'm like fuck it I don't care talk about no you know what Chick-fil-a it's like a whole another standard I never thought about that I feel like 
I try to do that in all drive throughs <laughs> but I like mute it and I roll up my window and then I'm like, ah, yelling at my kids. <laughs> well, that's just being a mom. But yes, today we're talking about Chick-fil-A and its iconic eat more chicken campaign that features those cows. The cows. The cows. Have you heard the story before? Do you know it? No, but I think it's really funny because Dylan always wants a hamburger and we're like, Dylan, <laughs> there's no hamburgers here. It is only chicken. And he goes, well, why is there a cow? Oh, he's confused. Yeah. Well, he's also five or six years six, old. Yeah. yeah. Well, this story is a good one. I stayed up super late. You know, when it's a really good one, you just can't stop. You just keep going. You just keep going. And if you're listening right now and it's around a meal time, you might want to head over to Chick-fil-A because you will be hungry. I'm hungry now. <laughs> I'm you always hungry. food. First off, did you know that Chick-fil-A started like way back in 1946? No. I did 46? Yes. I have no idea. I think because it took like a lot longer to be a really big thing on the West Coast. Like it was a thing on the East Southeast for a really long time. But I just thought it was a more recent brand. Okay. Always shocks me. It was started by a guy named Samuel Truett Cathy. And everywhere lists him as S. Truett. And he just goes by Truett. So we're just going to call him Truett. And actually, he originally opened his first location. It was called the Dwarf Grill. In Hapeville, Georgia. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Okay. And it was situated near the now-demolished Ford Motor Company, the Atlanta Assembly Plant. And for years, it was like where all those employees would eat. It was like the restaurant for them. And in 1961, after 15 years of running that one restaurant, he found a pressure fryer that could cook the chicken sandwich in the same amount of time it took to cook a fast food hamburger. Okay. Game changer. Right? And he saw a huge opportunity, and so he registered the name Chick-fil-A, Inc. And actually, what's crazy is for years, from like 64 to 67, he just licensed the sandwich to over 50 different restaurants, including Waffle House. How do you just license a sandwich? That's what like I Like the recipe, wondering. I guess? Yeah. Or oh, like he, I don't know how he would have like made it and then distributed it. No, because it. it'd be soggy. Yeah. So license the sandwich. And then in 1967... Truett decided, like, it was time to make Chick-fil-A its own restaurant, and he opened the first location. And it was in the food court of the Greenbrier Mall in Atlanta. Okay. And at that point, he pulled all of his licensed sandwiches out of those other restaurants, and he was in business. Interesting. Interesting, right? Why wouldn't he have kept the licensing? I feel like once you start opening locations, you're like, I don't want anyone else to have my recipe. But then if they already had it, like, I'm just so confused. Oh, yeah. Like, how can you take it back? I guess they just ban it from selling it. The agreement. It seems a lot harder than that, but I, mean, yeah. I, I don't know. But it really took off from there, expanding into really just mall food courts. That was their whole strategy. Actually, I grew up here in Arizona in like the early 90s. Paradise Valley Mall was like the place to go. And there was a Chick-fil-A in the food court. And it was the only one in Arizona. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. it's been long gone, like forever. But that was like through the 70s and 80s, that was their strategy. Mall food courts. Court. And then in 86, it opened its first freestanding location, and it slowly began to move, like, towards that model into the early 90s. But when it moved to that model, it suddenly faced a whole new batch of competitors, like big burger joints, like McDonald's and Burger King, who weren't inside the mall food courts. They were freestanding outside. Yes. So they had to pick chicken or burgers. Chicken or beef. What are you going to—and 
McDonald's and Burger King had both. Oh, yeah. Right? Ew. But theirs were gross. Well, that is where our story officially begins, Alexis Crisset. All righty. As we know, a chicken restaurant is basically the underdog against these big burger chains. Like, yeah. Because they have both, like we just said. But also, they had huge budgets. Compared to Chick-fil-A, McDonald's, Burger King, probably Wendy's, they were spending more money on their ad campaigns in a single week than Chick-fil-A could afford to spend in a whole year in the early 90s. Oh, I bet. Yeah. They were still opening single locations, not franchising yet, right? I'm not sure the year they started franchising, but still, it was just single unit locations. But still, their franchise model now is super picky. You have to basically try out. It's not like you can just get into it. I mean, we'll talk about why. It's so crazy. But like I said, they couldn't afford to compete with the advertising dollars. And Chick-fil-A only has a six-day opportunity each week to earn revenue. Remember, they've been closed on Sundays since their inception because Truett is like uber, uber, uber religious. Yeah. So that's been their model. So six days of revenue compared to McDonald's and Burger King, seven days plus they had more locations, bigger budgets. Late like nights. Chick-fil-A, Chick-fil-A doesn't do late night. Bucked. Yeah. You know? At, really? Not super late, no. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Well, the freestanding model was a little harder than they initially anticipated. Okay. So, what did they do? Is that when they got the cow? That's when they decided they needed a standout advertising campaign of some kind. Okay. Budgets were tight. So, actually, budgets were so tight, they couldn't even dive into TV advertising at all right away. Like, they couldn't even make a dent. So, their strategy was to go with three-dimensional billboards, which now is quite normal, but at the time, it was a really new product. Yeah, like, I remember like when their first billboard came out. It was really—I mean, there's still not a lot of 3D billboards. Like some, but not really—they have more—like, what do you call it? Where they—it's more like above the billboard. I think like, they still consider that 3D. 3D, oh, yeah. okay. They, anything that comes off the paper or whatever, that like they consider a 3D okay. billboard. But Chick-fil-A was like set on 3D billboards. I think they decided that before they hired an agency. Like they okay. picked the product. So— They decided they had to have an agency, so they put out a search, and they landed on the Richards Group, a Dallas-based firm that is really big now. I don't think they were huge then. Okay. They were probably just mid-size agency. And it's actually a really funny story. Adweek, first of all, has a fantastic story about this from 2016, about, like, the whole campaign. But in that article, Stan Richards, the founder and creative director of the agency, talks about how he found out he won the account. Oh, cool. So he was leading an all-staff meeting in 1994, and that's where he found out he won the account. Can you guess how he found out? They delivered a shitload of chicken. <laughs> no, but that, oh, that that's close. Cool. That's close. It wasn't a phone call. wasn't an email. I mean, it was 1994. No emails. A little early. Not even a fax. He found out when the VP of National Marketing of Chick-fil-A just literally made a quick trip from Atlanta to Dallas— and arrived at the office unannounced, didn't tell anyone. He walked straight into the meeting, not giving a flying F about what he was interrupting. And he stopped the conversation, and he grabbed Richard's hand and shook it and said, we want you to be our new agency. Oh, cool. I thought that was, like, such a cool way to kick off a relationship. Yeah, that's awesome. Just, like, looking someone in the eye and being like, we've selected you after you've gone through all that pitching, you know? That's so cool. Yeah, that's really cool. And he also told him, we will never be your biggest client, but we will do everything we can to be your best client. 
Oh, that's awesome. I know. I loved that. So the Richards Group has the account, and they go to work, and they start with data, as they should. They want to know exactly, like, where does Chick-fil-A stand when it comes to brand awareness? So they conducted some focus groups, and they found that people didn't really think of Chick-fil-A at all when asked about their favorite fast food chains. Like, no, they did not think about it, not even on the top of the list. If they were reminded, if like the Richards group or the whoever was doing the focus group would say something about it, they'd be like, oh, yeah, like, I like that place. It's really good. But it was not Never top, top of, of mind. Yeah. yeah. So they knew they had their work cut out for them. And with only billboards, they were like, we have to have a simple, clear message with a strong visual. Obviously, the client wanted something 3D, so it had to make sense for 3D. And it had to stand out. Like, it had to capture attention. So they jumped in. And they launched their very first billboard. Can you describe it, Alexis? <laughs> if it's not Chick-fil-A, it's a joke. And it was it's like a gag chicken. Like a rubber chicken rubber, just laying yeah. flat. Yeah. And there's actually nothing 3D on this first billboard. Okay. So, yes, rubber chicken. Actually, the first version of this billboard had no logo or tagline at all. It was just the rubber chicken at first. Oh, yeah. They need the logo. No, no, no. That was purposeful. Oh, okay. So what they did is they put that up, and then they waited, and people were, like, driving by. What the hell? Who just puts a rubber chicken on a billboard? Like, what is this? Radio people were talking about it. They were like, who spent the money just to do this? So that was a little smart. And then they slapped on, like, a few weeks later, the Chick-fil-A logo and the tagline, if it's not Chick-fil-A, it's a joke. And it was cute. Oh, it was no saying either. Just the chicken. Just That's crazy. the chicken. But it didn't really stick and it didn't move the needle at all, no. really. So they tried again. And the next one brought in a 3D element. Check this one out. Can you describe that one? Visit a double drive through and it's two cars like crashing through the billboard. Yeah. I yep. love it. With the big Chick-fil-A oh, yeah. logo. They're like the only ones. Well, they were. They were. Now McDonald's copied them. Everyone has it now. Well, this one got more attention. And actually, supposedly, the president of Coca-Cola at the time, because they're Atlanta-based, called Chick-fil-A to compliment them because he thought it was like such a clever ad. Awesome. So that's a pretty that's good compliment. That's a big compliment. But unfortunately, that Still compliment didn't move, the needle. didn't move the needle. So try number three. Remember, it's 1995, Okay. Okay. What was one of the most popular TV shows that year or around the, you know, early 90s? Cartoon television shows. You watched it. The Simpsons? The Simpsons. Okay. What was Bart Simpson's iconic catchphrase? Cowbunga, babe? No. I think that was one of them, but don't have a cow, man. Oh, yeah. So that's what sparked this whole concept. Okay. So they put a classic chicken sandwich on a billboard, and they used the line, don't have a cow, like, over it. And it was cute. People liked it. But didn't move the needle. Didn't I don't know move the to needle. say the graphic. Yeah. The graphic, it's like a chicken sandwich. The It doesn't really pop. There was no 3D element of this. And the product shot, like, no is bueno. not what Chick-fil-A wanted. They were like, everyone does product shots. Like we are not every other fast food chain. We can't compete with them. Every other fast food chain, if you think about it at this time frame, their billboards, if they had them, were the burger and the fries and the shake and like a deal, 99 cents or value meal or whatever. And like that wasn't Chick-fil-A. Yeah. So no, didn't work. 
So one day, an art director at the Richards Group was driving down a Dallas highway on his way home for lunch. I guess he was driving home for lunch. It was the South. Yeah. You know, maybe that was like a thing. I've never really gone home for lunch. Have you? No. No. And he was really hungry. His stomach was eating itself. And a billboard caught his eye. And it actually wasn't what was on the billboard that caught his eye. It was the people who were installing the billboard that caught his eye. Okay. He wondered. What would happen if that team of workers were feeling as hungry as he was at that moment and they decided to up and take a lunch break in the middle of the install? What would it look like? What would that half-finished billboard look like? And suddenly, like, genius light bulb moment went off. And I don't know if he actually went home for lunch or if he just skipped it and went back back to the office. But he brought the idea back to his team and they ran with it. So now, take number four. Okay. This billboard featured another product shot of food, but on the right-hand side of the billboard, it was all white, and on the top of the white space, it said, like, with a scribbled note, boss, got hungry, back soon, and it had a yellow ladder posted, like, hanging below the note, so that was 3D. Oh, cool. Yep, pretty cool. Getting closer, right? And this was fun. This got a lot of attention. It was closer. But it wasn't exactly right. Not quite. So they went back to the drawing board and they were like, the cow thing, the don't have a cow, like people liked it. The Chick-fil-A team liked it. Consumers liked it. The ad team liked it. But like this like chicken scratch kind of idea was really cute too. So they asked themselves, who else doesn't want people to have a cow? Who else doesn't want people to have a cow? Cows. Cows. Cows! Cows don't want people to have a cow because cows would prefer not to be eaten. They want you to eat something else. Yeah. Chicken, perhaps. This is when they knew, or they assumed they had it. They didn't know yet. The ideas after this moment happened, the ideas were flowing like crazy. Like, why not use cows to tell the story? Let's put cows on the billboard. Let them beg for people to choose chicken instead of them. I love it. Like, how funny. And what if the cows were 3D? And what if they were on the billboard ledges, like the people who were actually installing the art, but it was cows, and they were painting the messages themselves. And they would beg people, don't eat cows. Eat more chicken. I love it. So flippin' genius, right? And this was the first billboard. So funny, like the cow, him standing on the other cow's back, painting it, eat more (laughs) chicken. And it's just, there's no food shot. There's no image. Really, it's the eat more chicken, all spelled wrong, which I love. I love it too. so genius. M-O-R and then C-H-I-C-K-I-N. And then the giant Chick-fil-A logo and just the 3D cows. Because cows are not smart animals. Cows are not smart. Either are chickens. But this is genius. Yeah, chickens are not smart. You would know. I have them. (laughs) How do you think the client felt about this? They loved it. They freaking loved it. Yeah. They loved it so much. And fans of the chain fell in love with it so much that just a few years into this campaign by like, I don't know, 2001, Chick-fil-A was selling something like $13 million in merchandise a year related to the cows and the ads. Oh my God. And just merchant, like t-shirts. And it's still around. Oh, well, yes and no. Let's talk about it. No one was doing anything anything like this. Every fast food chain had a formula. The formula was product deal. Food deal. Yeah. That's what it was. But this worked so well to get Chick-fil-A to stand out in that sea of competition they couldn't even compete with, you know? 
Eventually, it expanded into TV ads, digital ads, social media, even water towers. Check this out. Check out that like water tower ad. Oh my God. It's like a 3D element on top. They even had at a baseball stadium, those foul poles, you know, like where the foul ball, like oh. that could be like the home run, whatever, but hits it. They had eat more chicken down the foul line or eat more foul, cow? actually. That's so funny. They even had a cow calendar with a new piece of cow creative each month along with a coupon. Awesome. This is it right here. Isn't that so cute? And they would like sell these things, give them away. Like, really, look at this billboard too. I love this one. Beef puts you to sleep. <laughs> That's so funny. It has like a cow laying on the top. Because it does put you to sleep. I know. I mean, I think it depends on how much you eat, but. A lot of food puts me to sleep anytime. But really, Lex, they struck gold with this campaign. Yeah. And they wanted to be able to iterate on it, you know, year for a long year. time. Yeah. And they were able to. Like, they found once they started rolling, there was no shortage of ideas of how they could use the cows and capture attention and be creative every single time. Yeah. You know? And they did. They used this campaign for 20 whole years. Oh, my gosh. Isn't that crazy? I mean, cows telling— And why do you think it's not now? Because I've seen it still. It's still there, but it's not the primary campaign. Okay. And I'll explain it. But cows telling humans to eat chicken, if you think about it's it, brilliant. it's so freaking brilliant. I know. I love it. It, like, captured our hearts. It captured our dollars. Like, really captured our dollars. The numbers are bananas. 1995, the year before the cow campaign officially launched, revenue was $501 million. Okay. In 1996, it increased to 569 million, 97, 672 million, and by 2000, $1 billion in chicken sales. Oh my God. <laughs> when this campaign was in its infancy, like in 01, Chick fil A was spending somewhere between like eight to $10 million in advertising per year. That was just five years or less after it launched. Yeah. I couldn't find anywhere what the budget was when they first hired the agency. But in 2021, guess how much Chick-fil-A spent in advertising? $100 million. $155 million. Oh, my God. But to put that in perspective, that's like 15th overall for fast food chains. Like, they aren't top. Yeah. I mean, McDonald's spent $459 million in advertising last year. Wow. Globally. Crazy. So— Chick-fil-A in 2021 did $5.8 billion in revenue. Are they global or just United States? They're global. No. They're global. $5.8 billion in 2021. So 2001 billion, 20 years later, wow, 5.8. And what's even more insane is Chick-fil-A does more revenue per store than any other fast food chain and actually more than almost any fast casual restaurant. Wow. Off the charts. That's why everyone wants to get in. Yeah. So in 2021, a typical standalone Chick-fil-A outside of the mall generated, guess how much? Two million. 8.1 million. One store. Again, for perspective, guess how much McDonald's generates per store in the same year? How much? Three million. Wow. So McDonald's has so many more stores of course, they have so much more revenue. If Chick-fil-A had the same amount of stores, I mean, as long as they didn't oversaturate the market, 
they would crush McDonald's. Well, Chick-fil-A is price per ticket is insane. Like I order for our family and it's like 60 bucks. Like, I know. I ordered with, just for me and Tatum last night and it was 20 bucks, like two eight count chicken nuggets. Yeah. And they've always been high, I think. So that, but they, I have to say their double drive through from the beginning is packed. Like that one on 44th, it is like causes accidents. They're all. It's crazy. Like it's not, it's every single one of them. Do you know I got in a fight at a Chick-fil-A line? Wait, what? Yeah, because they had the double thing and one of the things was blocked off, but it wasn't blocked off till like way up the front so I couldn't see it. So I started going and this lady like cuts me off and starts like yelling at me that I'm in the wrong, I, there's no double <laughs> drive through today. And I'm like, I'm sorry, there was no like sign way back there, you know, like it's fine. And I'm like, so can I go in behind you? You can't go in front of me. You better wait till everyone's last or go turn around. And then the person right behind her let me in front of her and I bought that woman's food. <gasps> the bitch? No, the nice oh, person. Oh, the nice let person. Oh, okay. You should have bought the bitch's food and been like, pay, you know, pay, come on, lady. Like, just it's really like up. one person in line. You already, or I mean, it was just crazy. People are crazy. It's like, be happy. Why are you on the Chick fil A drive through line? She probably hangry. was hangry. Hangry. Well, the Richards group, like the agency that came up with this campaign, kept the account for a full 22 years. Wow. That's a long time. Until 2016, when Chick-fil-A got a brand new VP of brand strategy and media. And every time a new person comes in, there's usually a shakeup. And it was a sad day for the agency. They crushed this campaign. They birthed the campaign. Oh. And the cool thing is Chick-fil-A was so patient with them. Like, I wouldn't say they made a lot of mistakes, but they tried a lot of things before they found what really was going to stick. And Chick-fil-A was like, yes, it's okay. You guys are getting closer. Like, it was never like they were disappointed in them. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the founder of the agency was quoted in an interview, like, right after he lost the account saying that in 20 years, there was not a single piece of work that they put out for the brand that he was not insanely proud of. And he said it was like one of the most emotional days losing the account oh just God, because of like the longevity, not because of the loss of revenue, although I'm sure that really sucked. But like he he was like, based on the, the growth that we have generated because of our campaign for Chick-fil-A, like it makes no sense why we would be pulled off this account. Like, it continued to excel and it was still working. And it was just a new guy changing things up. And he actually split up everything. Like, he didn't have one agency of record. McCann, New York, is the one who, at that point, and I think they probably still have it, got the creative. Like, they were creating the new concepts. But, like, they gave digital to one person. They gave outdoor. Like, they split up everything. That's crazy. I know. And they have been moving on to new concepts ever since. And the cows are still around, like you said. You, yeah. you still see them. But it's not all the brand is doing anymore. Have you seen this commercial before? I'm originally from Hawaii, but I moved to Wisconsin just last year. I decided to get a bike because the car was too expensive. We both work at Chick-fil-A. She would bike to work every day. And then winter hit, and that was pretty rough. So there was a holiday raffle, and they were giving away a car there. Her name got called, and I was like... <laughs> she decided to give the card to me. Chick-fil-A feels like one big family. Helping you or just like any of my coworkers always brings joy. It's crazy to say like I gave my best friend a car. I mean, first of all, that is a perfect example of why I feel like I am 
a sinner driving through the Chick-fil-A drive-thru line. Like they're, they're all is nice so people. Nice. They're oh like God. so genuine and nice. And then here's another version of another commercial they're doing right now. Hey, I'm Matt, and a little thing I love about the Chick-fil-A chicken biscuit is the freshly baked, flaky, buttery biscuit. When I take a bite, it's kind of like, you know, crispy, soft, crispy. Crispy outside, soft interior, crispy chicken. There's really nothing like it. Hey, I'm Alexa, and the little thing that I love about the Chick-fil-A chicken biscuit is the chicken itself. It is more than scrumptious. It is more than delicious. It is scrumptious. I know that's not a real word, but I love it. I mean, nah. it's kind of boring. Boring. Right? Like the other one, I pulled out your heart. It was cool because you could relate. Like when I go in there, the owner is so freaking nice. He's always like, girl, are you waiting? And he'll bring toys for the kids or he'll give them an ice cream or something. And just yeah. like give it to them. Yeah. Like, he's so nice. I mean, you have to be because to qualify to own a franchise, like it's like a tryout, like I said. I mean, it's like an audition. You have to go through all this training. You have to try out. You have to have the financial qualifications. You have to meet all this whole criteria. I mean, it is bonkers, but they're doing it right. I would say. I mean, and they actually don't really have a lot of multi. I don't think they even allow you to own multi-units. I think it's like a single unit. If I understood correctly. I know. Isn't that crazy? Oh my God. Like they don't want you to have an empire. They want you to like have a store and brick and crush it. Yeah. Because the average store, if it makes 8 million in revenue, I mean, I don't know the profit margins. They didn't share it. It's still a private company from what I understand. But like, they I assume they do pretty well. Pretty good money. It's And it's hard with food yeah. to be profitable. But like, I mean, Chick-fil-A is crushing it. And wait, one thing I totally forgot about. <laughs> Remember in 2004 when it was that crazy mad cow disease scare? Oh, yeah. So they had this campaign going with the cows. And they chose to pause the campaign for a few months during that time Apparently to, like, not seem insensitive to their cow-serving competitors. Oh, my God. But, like, they could have really capitalized on that. I'm going to say, what did they totally run with it? No. They were like, we are doing the right thing. They took it down for a few months, and then they reintroduced it a few months later slowly. Isn't that so funny? That's why they're nice people again. Super nice people. People over profit. But. What do you think, Lex? Will it stick? It will stick. I it, love Chick-fil-A. I know. And you know what? Different. I have so many points. You want me to take you to dinner there today? <laughs> sure. I had it last night, but I'll eat it again tonight. I don't care. I'll, let's be a little crazy. Let's get Chick-fil-A two Chick-fil-A. nights in a row. Well, let me just thank a few of my sources. So um, the Atlanta Business Journal had a really good story from 2001 by Marina Mello all about Chick-fil-A milking sales from cows. <laughs> Great headline. Um, Adweek had an amazing story. That's the one I referenced earlier from June 2016. It was titled Chicken with a Beef, the untold story of a Chick-fil-A's cow campaign. And it was by Katie Richards. And then Chick-fil-A.com has a ton of great content, the history, and it had a really good post all about Inside Chick-fil-A, 20 Years of Cows. I mean, there were a ton of great sources, so I will definitely link them all on willitstickpodcast.com. Well, thank you, Melissa. That was awesome. Please follow us wherever you listen to podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever. The whole shebang. And if you like what you hear, leave a a five-star review wherever you listen. Five stars. Follow. Share. Tell us what you want to hear. Tell us what you want to hear. And go eat some Chick-fil-A. Yum. Eat more chicken. (laughs) Bye. Bye. 